Hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Helene. And this is High Crime. It is. Finally. I feel like I haven't talked to you like on the record in a while. No, it's been a long time since we've wrapped and roll. And it's been a long time since. <laughs> <laughs> um, been a long time, been a long time. Um, but you know, the whole coronavirus thing, I'm in New Mexico. I can't get back to New York. It's wild. It is. It is. Um, speaking of God, that was the perfect word to use because I was going to say that we wouldn't be true crime podcasts if podcast hosts, if we didn't touch on a huge true crime thing, which was the Tiger King documentary. Yeah, which was also wild. That was incredibly wild. All I want to do is say, hey, cool cats and kittens. Oh, my God. It's Carol. (laughs) Carol, I like Carol. I actually do find like really terrifying. And it, it was funny because so we did this list at work and Everybody, it was like, who was the worst person on Tiger King? And people immediately voted Carol to the top. And I guess they think she killed her husband. But like, I also feel like I watched, have you done a Netflix party yet? Uh, No, I keep meaning to, but then I, it's too much work. Commenting on a movie, like when am I a New York Times critic? Um, (laughs) I I found it to be a lot of fun. I watched this like weird horror movie with three other friends and like Mm -hmm. I was high and a couple of friends were drinking wine. Another friend was high and we were just like messaging and I like had a glass of like a little glass of wine and it just, it felt it, the vibes were very slumber party esque. Even though we weren't together and I was typing on a computer, like it just was so, I mean, I think it obviously depends on who you do it with, but like Mm -hmm. it was so fun. Oh, well, we watched Backcountry, which is a crazy bear attack movie that is based on a true story. Ooh, I think that Netflix party is a big commentary theory, conspiracy to crowdsource pop culture opinions for an AI bot to spout out pop culture articles without the need for for writers. Fuck, that sounds really like something that could happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think I really do think it's like crowdsourced like it's selling your data somehow. Mhm. And eventually we'll no longer need writers. It'll be a bot named like Stacy Gladstone, writer for Vulture, but it'll be a AI party bot. The problem with AI is that there's so much like crazy toxic stuff on the internet that if you just let a bot, I was just talking to someone about, they were talking about like an AI bot where they like had it read stuff on Twitter and then it was supposed to tweet or something like that. And after like a couple weeks of processing like Twitter data, the thing became like a right wing racist. <laughs> that would like, be because that, so that's like the problem with the AI is you can't like, I guess it's harder to kind of be like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. I don't think. And also robots, I think you'd have to program morality. Yeah. Which like, like um, how do you do that? Like in Westworld. I was thinking smart house. Mm. <laughs> two two uh, sides of the same coin. Yeah. Smart house is like baby Westworld. Or Westworld okay. is like baby smart house because it came after. Right. 
I haven't seen Westworld. Is it worth watching? I love Westworld. A lot of, there's some people who are like, it's excessive violence. And I'm like, like every other fucking drama on television. But I really love what it says about the cultural commentary and what do you do with sentient robots? Because, right, what, what is reality? What's the, once something becomes sentient, whether it's machine, man-made or not, now it's sentient. So yeah. you should treat it as a sentient being well, and yeah, not as... Like, you create your own reality, so if they think they're real, they are. Yeah. Okay, and, two, I have yeah. two things. One okay. is, will it depress me? Because, like, I know The Leftovers is good. I know Homeland is good. I stopped watching both of them because I realized I was actually depressed from all of the sadness from those shows because they're so intense. Mm, um, mm, I don't think it's so depressing. It's more like, it's a mystery. Like if you're into true crime, you'd be into robot true. Like it's a robot mystery. And you like every episode, something major unfolds and you're like, "Ah!" Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And and my other question was, can you give me like a super quick non-spoilery, just like what the fuck is Westworld? Westworld is a, um, sentient robot park but nobody knows that the robots have feelings okay park like theme park yeah like a theme park where you can do whatever you want without consequences so you could rape people you can murder people you can or you can play cowboy or you can do this you could do that like you can treat it like disney world so it's just There's like different rich people paying to do shit Mm-hmm. rich people paying to be like horrible people or like rich people paying to just like play pretend and play dress up and that's the premise of the parks but once you get beyond that there's so many mysteries and layers and different secrets and and bigger things at play and you're like whoa and it and it kind of it's a it's a real it's a real thinker I like it a lot there was something when you were saying that it like something popped into my head and it's like, it just completely went out. What the fuck? I really wanted to say what it, it, Oh, it made me think of another. Oh, it made me think of Chelsea Stardust. Um, into the dark movie. Um, all that we destroy where like she creates, it's a mom and she creates clones kind of. Mm-hmm. So that her son, who she thinks is a budding serial killer, can get like can get it out of his system, and then hopefully be able to lead a normal, nonviolent life. But then, mm-hmm. it's like, but he is killing. Like it's it, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, a clone is still a human. Like when you clone a sheep or clone a dog, they're still they is are being born. Dogs? Yeah. Oh yeah! Didn't the like queen clone? Barbara Streisand cloned her dog. Is she of Corgis? Something. I don't know. But she cloned her dog, which I think is ridiculous and nobody should do that. Like, that's too much money on your hands. Like, get a new dog. Okay, that's the thing. When when celebrities, like, show off their cute dogs and then you have, like, the Hollywood life or the, like, Us Weekly that's like, oh, my God, her dog costs $85,000. And I'm like, how? 
how? How does a dog cost that much money? Like, I literally can't process. I just like literally what could be in this dog that is so expensive that is also not like completely ridiculously fucked up because that is so much money. Like if you just gave a shelter 85 grand, that would save a million dogs. I don't do math. Oh, that's like in Tiger King. I think it was Sass who said like, here's all the money they spent, all these people spent on lawsuits, all these people spent on this and that. Oh no. Um, the the campaign manager guy and he was like look at all this money they spent on these lawsuits on the legal fees what the government spent what all of these people spent on their zoos and how all of that money could have been spent on keeping tigers and lions alive in their natural habitats Well, and that's the thing that was really frustrating to me is they keep saying like all of them talk like, um, but I think Carol especially was like saying how she comes across like such a savior because she's like, we're, you know, all these cats, like we're the ones who are like having the, like helping them have a happy life. But like, and she, I I don't know. I just feel like in the documentary, a lot of the people talked about their zoos as if they were helping because there are so few tigers in the wild. But if you're breeding tigers to be in captivity, you're not helping the endangered species because they're not, like you're not they're not going to increase because you just have the ones in the cages. You know what I mean? Like you're not like helping the the species grow because it's only going to exist under your thumb in whatever zoo you give cubs to. Yeah, and also like the the ones bred in captivity can't survive in the wild. Yeah, so like you can't just breed a bunch of tigers and be like, we're helping them not be endangered. It's like, no, you're going about it completely wrong and you're fetishizing them, which adds to the chance of them being killed in the wild. Which also, technically our dogs, our tiny dogs are all wolves, but they're domesticated to the point that they cannot fend for themselves. So, yeah. So Daisy definitely can't fend for herself. She is a Yeah. Focus. Uh, Focus is pretty good, but he would eat a lot of poop and get sick. (laughs) He loves, my dog loves to eat poop. It's his favorite thing. So I have to keep, I have to keep an eye on him when he's outside because I'm like, dude, like if I turn an eye, he finds some poop and he's like, yum, 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 yum. Why are some dogs like that? He brought over, he was so proud. He like found some dried poop and he like put it in his mouth and like brought it over two days ago. And I was like, Pogas, no. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, my <laughs> disgusting, adorable son. All right. I realize we haven't even started talking about the episode yet. All right. Um, let's, let's start. All right. So I thought since we are all safe at home or somewhere, basically not out dating people, hopefully, um, that this would be a good time to do a dating horror story because you don't have to worry about it hitting too close to home because none of us are dating. That's true. Unless you live with your significant other. In that case, I can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's different. And like, I don't know. I can't look. I can't please everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry if you're mad at us. I'm actually really jealous, though, of people who live with their significant others right now because 
I am like scared that because our birthdays are in June and the further this goes, I'm like, not only am I not going to get to have my 30th birthday trip, but I'm going to be like stuck in my apartment. And like my one of my friends just had her birthday in in uh, captivity and yeah. uh, and she and like her boyfriend like bought her these nice purses and like all this they, he got, got this great cake for her. And then like my little sister, her boyfriend, like she said she wanted to start. Uh, taking up photography as a hobby and he like bought her a camera and like it was so nice and we all Skyped and everything. And I was just like, I'm single as fuck. If I have my birthday in quarantine, it's just going to be me getting high and cuddling with Daisy and watching a movie by myself. <laughs> I went to a, a Zoom birthday party. Everybody who's having birthdays right now is pretty bummed. Also, I am both envious and not envious because I used to live with someone I dated uh we our relationship ended last year and um if we were stuck together in captivity we would definitely post cute Instagram stories and then fucking scream at each other and want to like jump out the window uh in privacy so I think about that where I'm like people are definitely not sharing everything that's going on like I want if you're in a relationship, I think you should be obligated to um, have a fight on Instagram so that we could see that you're real people. I love, there's nothing I love more than when couples fight in front of me where I'm like, yes, you're real. Because like on Instagram, it's all like, you're the best, most beautiful person. But okay, that's the other thing. When people say, I have the most beautiful most amazing, funniest, um, like most amazing, whatever wife or husband. And I'm like, are they like, it sounds (laughs) terrible, but I'm like, is this, is this balding 42 year old man, the most handsome man in the universe? (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, saying. (laughs) I just alienated like 90% of our viewers. (laughs) Our, your, our, our viewers, our listeners. Our only viewers are ourselves. <laughs> we alienated ourselves. Well, it could be worse because obviously we're about to talk about murder. So Yeah, exactly. It's my bad transition because I'm higher than I meant to be. Whoops. <laughs> bad transitions going through. We're going through a bad transition. <laughs> um, okay. i was gonna say something else and then in my head i had the little conversation like no stop derailing the story so then i was like okay i won't so then i but i didn't say any of that to you so then you were just (laughs) i just wait i have a new song okay kayla's gonna start the story now kayla's gonna start the story Everyone's been listening and saying, when are these bitches going to talk about the murder? (laughs) That was a perfect cue. All right. So meet Mark Twitchell. I don't like his name. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) These people all have murdery fucking names. I'm saying. Twitchell does sound like really ominous. Twitchell. Ooh. So he, like, oh, I wrote, like in most profiles of killers, he was a 29-year-old white man. 
Who would have thought? <laughs> he was married. He had an eight-month-old daughter. And the Edmonton amateur filmmaker had been involved with a low-budget Star Wars tribute film called Secrets of the Rebellion. Mm, okay. A Star Wars tribute film. Yeah, I'm already very, saying very low budget. I think we should make a super low budget Star Wars tribute film. We should make a super low budget Heather's tribute film. <gasps> yeah, we just stand <laughs> in We just skirt. yell at each other <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And then you could poison and then me. Smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Someone falls through a table. Corn nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Heathers. Oh my God, me too. I really am sad that I never saw the show. Murder. So he had another project in mind, and he also happened to be obsessed with the TV show Dexter. Oh, okay. So we got a, is this a copycat killer? Yes and no. And I will explain that. (laughs) Um, So his next project was a film called House of Cards. That has nothing to do with the Netflix show <laughs> at all. <laughs> he His movie was meant to follow a man who was lured from an internet dating site to a garage where a killer was lying in wait. As soon as the man entered the garage, he is attacked by the sadistic killer who ties him to a table and murders him with a butcher knife. Mm. Uh, turns out Twitchell wanted the movie to be really, really realistic. Ooh, a snuff film. Yeah. Okay. I realized just as I said that, that's kind of misleading because it turns out that when he starts killing people, he had already filmed the movie, but we'll talk more about that later. Okay. So on October 10th, 2008, Johnny Altinger told his friends he was going on a date with a woman named Jen. Mm-hmm. He had been talking to her on Plenty of Fish, which is arguably the worst dating app, right? I was going to say, I was like, that's the most murdery dating app, Plenty of Fish. It it's everyone. Is. It's everyone who's like, my name is Cletus. I live in the forest. <laughs> I have a pet raccoon and I own seven guns. Come date me. I don't like guns, but raccoons are cute. Yeah. Well, really join Join Plenty of Fish and date Cletus. I don't want to. Um, I remember joining Plenty of Fish like when I was first trying out online dating. And I had it, I think, for a minute because I created my profile and there's like no filtering messages. Like anybody Mm -hmm. can message you. And there were so many from such like weird just – Like, there would be people who were, like, 64 messaging you. And I was just like, what the fuck? And so I just deleted it. (laughs) And I've never looked back. That's great. Don't ever go back. Or, like, like in the queer section, it'd be, like, women named Patricia who, like, wear, like, a leopard print top and have horrible hair dye. And it's like, I love women. And it's like, cool. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Never going on this site again. (laughs) So, unfortunately, Johnny did not know all of this. He goes on this date. His friends, he tells his friends that he's going on the date, but then they don't hear from him afterwards. And I know that guys don't share, supposedly don't share as much as girls do, but it was still weird to to his friends that they hadn't heard from him. 
Then they started receiving emails about how in love Johnny was. Uh-oh. In one email, he said his date was taking him to Costa Rica. That's pretty nice. His friends were all just like, what the fuck? Because, like, he was not the kind of guy to run off with a woman he had just met. Yeah. And these are the kind of people you want to be your friends because they were like, we know Johnny. This is not like him. This is weird. Those emails are fucking weird. And so they broke into his house and they found his passport, which means that he could not be in Costa Rica because you need a fucking passport. Yeah. So they were like, that's when it just like it hit them and they were all just thinking, fuck, something happened, something bad. Yeah. What had happened was when Altinger arrived for his date with Jen, he got a text from her asking him to come to the garage where she would be waiting. Mm-hmm. Not trying to victim blame here, but just complete, just honest question, curiosity. If you were going on a date with a stranger and you got a text that said, meet me in my garage, would you go into their garage? No, unless they, nope, nope, wouldn't. <laughs> and again, I think this is just like, I mean, I, I know lately, I don't know how it's come up or, and I can't give specific examples, but just, I feel like. In the last like couple of years, I've had conversations with men where I realize there are just some certain things like they just literally don't know, like things that we have to do as women that like has never occurred to them and no one's ever said it. So they had no idea. And I think that's kind of a similar thing. Like, obviously, you know about risk and danger gen- yeah. in a general way. But like if you've never if you've never had your parents, like when you're walking out the door, be like you know, don't do this and careful of this or you might die or you might get kidnapped. Like if you haven't grown up being told that everybody wants to kidnap you, then you might not be like, you're like, you know, you're like, I'm a, I'm a strong, you know, young man. I, I'll go meet her in her garage, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it is weird that as women, we have to be told, like, we have to grow up being told like, People are going to want to rape you. So from the time we're like, since we're born, they're like, someone's going to want to rape you. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah. And it's kind of depressing because it's true. It, it definitely is. <laughs> so Twitchell had rented this garage to shoot his movie and it was set up to look like a kill room like you'd see on Dexter, which again was his favorite show. Uh-oh. But honestly, and I was talking to someone else about this earlier. I'm like, I don't think he actually was a fan of Dexter because the entire point of Dexter. Okay, sorry. If you don't know what Dexter is, like, first of all, how do you love, like, crime and not know what Dexter is? Michael C. Hall is so hot. Anyway, Michael C. Hall plays someone who had, honestly, the upbringing that you often see with serial killers and his his adopted father was a cop and he could tell he had these inclinations and he tried to help him channel it so that he didn't you know go out and hurt a bunch of innocent people and so he had like specific rules and basically he was a vigilante and he worked in blood spatter analysis like for the government but then he also when people slipped through the cracks you know, a pedophile who killed a bunch of kids but gets off on a technicality like he would kill them. The entire Mm. point is that he has a code. He's killing killers. He doesn't just kill people who, like, he doesn't set up a lore 
to to get an innocent person who was just trying to fall in love. You don't fucking understand Dexter at all. You're not Mm-mm. a fan. Get the hell out of here. Don't like your fucking murderous tendencies on Dexter. Right. No, that was just a lot about Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved that show and then it ended on such a sour note and it was all like pettiness and like fighting between like networks and execs and the writers and so like the writers like spitefully were like fuck you which like I understand um but so then instead of writing this like amazing ending they just were like like it's just it's so bad it's one of the worst finales series finales I've ever seen and I'm including Game of Thrones Ooh. But oh my God. The first through fourth seasons are phenomenal. All right. Okay, back to, back to someone who is not phenomenal. Okay, so in the center of the garage, he had a heavy metal table. <laughs> metal table. It was covered in plastic sheets. There were sheets on the floor to catch the blood, exactly like Dexter, mm-hmm. this fucking fanboy. So poor Altinger gets inside the garage and Twitchell hits him or he comes at him with a butcher knife and a pipe. He bludgeons him with the pipe. And then when he's down, he stabs him to death. No. All because this fucking guy wanted to make a connection. Some bullshit. Also, can I say how the board game clue teaches you how you can successfully murder someone in several different ways, including the lead pipe. I, okay. Clue used to be my fucking favorite board game. Same. Although I will say, I tried to play it again as an adult. Like I like went to this, there was this very briefly because there's not a lot of cool things in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. There was this like little cafe and they had like board games and you it literally closed by like six o'clock or something. But like I went there to meet up with a few friends from college and we were looking at board games and we pulled out clue it's like actually really hard when you play with a group of like adults and you're an adult and like i remember i just remember like i remember the little weapons and the like i always wanted to be miss scarlet Mm -hmm. and then like i remember the sheet but i don't remember it being that difficult but like you really have to use deductive reasoning (laughs) yeah i was like hi i'm like i'm just like i'm not i'm not i wouldn't i i think i'm fairly intelligent but I'm good at specific things and anything involving math or science, I am not good at. And I know that's not necessarily what puzzles are, but I'm terrible at them. Mm-hmm. I, am, I haven't done an official escape room yet, but the things that I have done, I was not good at. Because I'm also, as we have discussed before, mm-hmm. I'm too polite. So like, it doesn't occur to me, like if the, set, if the scene is like an office, it doesn't occur to me like, oh, pick up the lamp. Oh, move this. Like, I'm just like looking at things like without. Yeah, you it. Yeah, you, you guilty, guilty Catholic. Honestly, like I did this one for Sinister Point. It was, um, it was pretty cool, but it was way, like it, they made it way too hard. Cause it was like, so you walk into this room at first. It's in, it was in like an abandoned like shopping mall. It's like so funny where some haunted houses pop up. But uh, so you go in the big the first room and this girl in this like cute little safari outfit tells you about how like her dad was this like amazing explorer and they found this like artifact and they dug it up and then all this horrible shit happened. It ended up unleashing a curse and so you have to like go into this volatile area and you have to find certain artifacts. I think there were thirteen. And then that will help you, like, close the portal. I don't know. There was this whole story. Can I just make an aside that these escape rooms and super haunted houses 
are very, as a Jewish person, I don't like being trapped in a room. I don't like going to haunted houses. I'm like, this is a very white Christian people thing where you're like, let's put ourselves in pretend harm's way. No, literally, I I had an interview for um, Hulu had today. Yeah, Friday. So today Hulu is releasing their latest installment of Into the Dark, Mm -hmm. which is called Puka Lives. And it's the sequel to Puka, which was in the first season. It was like one of the first few episodes, this like evil kind of little character. And honestly, I didn't really like the first one, but the second one is really good. And so I was doing an interview with someone from the movie and we were talking about how much we love like horror and haunted houses and, and how it's like the reasoning is because it's like protected danger. Like you're putting yourself at risk, but you know, you're completely safe because like anytime I go in a haunted house, I'm fucking terrified the whole time because I'm a baby. But the second I leave, like I walk through the door, I just burst out laughing. And that's why I love it because it's an adrenaline rush, but it's, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's like, it's safe danger. Yeah. It's like, what, what if white Christian people experience the world in which the rest of us experience it all the time? (laughs) Well, that's not safe danger. That's danger danger. Well, yeah. But like, what if you like, I feel like that's what horror movies and haunted houses tend to be where it's like, what if... (laughs) It's like, what if this was what the world was like? And it's like, this is what the world is like, but just for the rest of us. That's really dark. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) Anyways, back to murder. Okay, yes. He bludgeoned him, whatever, whatever. I don't know how the fuck we got that off topic. Okay. Twitchell dismembered him and attempted to burn his remains, which didn't work because, of course, it, you, like, you have to have, like, a fucking like crematory like it's yes bones don't just break down if you just toss them on the barbecue like that's no, a really, you- really fucking high high temperature extended thing and the crematorium doesn't it burns the flesh but then you have to put the bones through a grinder and the ash is the grinded bones after the flesh is burned off And that's why a lot of times when people, and you'll see this in a lot of stories, people will try, people will think like, oh, I'll set the house on fire and then that will cover up the murder. No, bitch. Those bones will be there. Yeah. Those bones will be there. You have to, in in crematoriums, they have a separate device that grinds the bones and that's your, that's grandma's ashes. Okay. It's not her body burned. It's, it's the bones. Uh, crushed that are left over from grandma's pizza coal oven body um that's why in one of our earlier episodes the soap maker of correggio she ground the bones into flour to make those awful human tea cakes but that was her Mm. way of getting rid of the body yeah amazing so yeah, so it didn't work for him because it was never going to. So he dumped all of the limbs and organs into a sewer, mm. which is still like, sure, that let's just throw it right into a fucking sewer. Then I'd be oh like going God. out to your neighbors. You're on the street and you're like, your neighbor's like, hmm, what is they doing? Don't worry. I'm just throwing some things into the sewer. <laughs> Don't pay attention to the bones I'm throwing into this sewer well, right in the middle of the street. You just made me think of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like, what does he say? Like, Merry Christmas, shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen That's that? what I say every day. 
No, I've actually never seen any of the family vacations. Oh my God. There's well, okay. They're not all good, but some of them are really good. And also partly because they have like great, they have like people, you know, when they were like freaking kids, like Juliette Lewis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's great. I mean, they're like time capsules. Okay. So then this is so awful. This fucker decides he wants to be creative. So he sits down and starts writing. Just after he throws the bones in the sewer? Yes. You know, when creativity strikes, strike while the iron's hot. That's what they say about writing and art. So he wrote, this Mm -hmm. story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. I thought we were about to read the the intro to Law and Order SVU. <laughs> bum bum. Bum bum. Executive producer Dick Waltz. Dick Waltz. <laughs> Did you see Dick that Waltz. Christopher Maloney is going to be on a new show about his yes. characters? I am so Dick excited. Burn. I find him so like I don't know if I'm attracted to him, but I I definitely find him alluring. I like watching him. There's um there's a band, like a girl band. Well, I mean it's a band, but it's <laughs> It's in um, that kind of like Riot Girl. Okay. It's by the Prettiest, and they have a song called Stabler. And it's like, boy, you are my savior. You're my <laughs> Elliot Stabler. Oh, I and love And they go that. into like, yeah. And it's like how this guy is like Stabler. And they go through all these like things. The lyrics are all about like crime and, and how <laughs> Stabler saves the day and how this like cool guy is like him. So oh, I love that. If if you want to listen, if you want to listen to something fun, Stabler by the Prettiest. Okay. Yeah. So a week prior to everything I just told you, Twitchell had lured a man. Oh, fuck, I meant to look up how to say his name. And and they're in Canada, so I don't know if it's like a Frenchish name, like Tetro. Oh, okay. Wait, I found it. Oh, you found it. Wait, yeah, it's definitely French. Tetro. Okay, so Tetro was 26. He thought he was meeting a 24-year-old blonde woman named Sheena. Mm-hmm. Sheena is a punk rocker. Sheena is the Ramones. Okay, that's a, that's a Ramones song. Sheena is oh, okay. a punk rocker. Okay, yeah, I don't know. On. I don't know music. I'm the movies one. You're the movies. I'm the music. Yeah. So wait, did we say Tetro? I already forgot. Yeah, Tetro. Okay, Tetro. When Tetro arrived at the garage, Twitchell came at him with a stun baton. Um, he actually told his story on an episode of My Online Nightmare on Britain's Channel 4. Oh. So now I have a bunch of quotes from Tetro about what happened to him. Okay. Oh, so he survived. Yes. Good for him. Yes. Good on you, Gilles Tetro. Yes. Giles Tetro. Okay. Um, He said, I was just really bewildered. I didn't know what was going on. That's when I looked back to see this man hovering over me with a hockey mask. At that instant, I knew there was no date. I couldn't believe it. He pulled out a gun and he told me to get down on the floor, put my hands on my back and close my eyes. I remember feeling how cold the cement floor was. I heard some kind of jingling noise, metal handcuffs. The adrenaline was pumping through me. I was thinking, that's it. I'm dead. That's fucking scary. Wow. That's really fucking scary. Sorry. But then I, but then I realized I could see his gun. Whatever I was going to do, I knew I had to do it right away. So I grabbed the end of it. 
But then I was like, oh my God, the gun was plastic. <laughs> what? Yeah, this Twitchell is such a fucking idiot. So then he, he started to strike me with this baton, but Tetro was able to escape under the garage door and two dog walkers happened to be going by and they were able to come to his aid. He said, I knew I needed to go to the police, but I was ashamed about what had happened to me that I got duped by this man pretending to be a woman. So I never told them. I just wanted to get home. Hmm. Yeah. Bovra. Four weeks later, he read about Altinger's murder in the news and he knew he had to come forward. Yeah. Come forward. Don't be ashamed that you fell for a catfish who turned out to try to kill you. Yeah, it's not your fault that other people have shitty intentions and we have to be so careful in this world that someone isn't trying to trick us to hurt us or take something from us. Like all those people who are like, I'll be your sugar daddy. Just give me your bank routing information. And you're like, no guy from like wherever, Russia, not giving you my routing number. What am I? Who am I? A chump? That's like I, I've had people messaging me about like I had one person who was who was trying to order 900 cupcakes from me mm. and was going to give me like over $1,000 for everything. But he wanted me to also pay his driver was going to pick them up. And so he wanted me to also pay his driver. Nope. And it's like, that's not a thing. That's not a normal thing that I was like, first of all, I'm one person. I can't make 900 cupcakes. Second of all, that's a lot of cupcakes to want for one person. I don't know. You didn't specify what event it was. And never does one service pay for another. That doesn't make any sense. No. Mm -mm. Especially in days where you can easily Venmo someone. Like there's literally no reason you would have to give money to me to give to someone else. Oh, I love love people in their emails. They say, and I want your routing number so I can get the money to you faster. I'm like, bitch. PayPal and Venmo work faster. Yes, really fucking fast. Bank transfers take like two to three days. Yeah. Yeah. So I always pay the 99 cents on PayPal or whatever it is so I can get right to my card. If you're listening, never give your banking information to anyone. I feel like that's something that doesn't need to be said. But every time in this world where I feel like there's something that doesn't need to be said, it has to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tetro said, as soon as I saw the picture, I recognized the eyes because that was all I could see peering through the mask. Yeah, that's fucking horrifying. I'm just thinking of my roommate and I watched the remake of Friday the 13th not that long ago. So I was just like picturing that. It's fucking horrifying. He said, I knew it was the same guy. I felt so horrible because if I went to the police earlier, I could have maybe saved this guy's life. I never thought he would actually kill someone. I was pretty upset, and that's when I came forward. Dang. That's so sad because, like, I totally understand. And if I were him, I would be – I would feel guilty too. But, like, I understand why he didn't come forward. And it's not – it's Twitchell's fault for doing it, not your fault for not stopping him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thankfully, Twitchell was an idiot, so he was tracked down very quickly. Altinger had sent his friend a message about his date with Jen before he went on his date, and he sent Jen's address. So they immediately, he was, they just immediately found him. He was questioned, but he claims that he didn't know Jen or Altinger. Mm. Police searched his laptop and found his twisted story 
Um, He had written about Altinger's murder in detail, and he even said it was the first in a series of murders. He intended to kill a new victim each Friday. Oh, Friday. Yeah, I don't... Way to ruin Friday. Yeah, Friday. Everybody gets down on Friday. Everybody is looking forward to the weekend. Okay, we can't get into this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, He also... Oh, this is so awful. He also wrote about playing with Altinger's severed head. Yeah, in case at this point you still didn't know how fucked up this guy is, he wrote, I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. Fuck you. Using the word silly after you dismembered an innocent person. Yeah. There's um, nothing silly about any of that. Okay, so yeah, so this document where he's being a creep and writing about killing a guy, do you know what it was called? Or do you want to know what it was called? Uh, was it called Fun Times with Mr. Crazy Pants? So close. <laughs> um, it's called SK Confessions, like serial killer confessions. Oh, these are my confessions. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Of course, he actually isn't a serial killer because you have to kill at least three people. So, fuck you, Twitchell. Yeah, fuck you, Twitchell. They found... Oh, okay. So, earlier I had said Twitchell initially said he didn't know anyone named Jen. He had never heard of Altinger. He didn't know what the police were talking about. They found Altinger's DNA in his car, as well as a fucking sticky note reminding him to clean up the kill room. (laughs) Ah, yes. The sticking. Yes. Like, this is real. Like, this isn't something I made up to be like Romy and Michelle. Literally, fucking, there was a sticky note that said, uh, remember, clean up kill room. The other thing he needed to be reminded of on a sticky note was he- having sex with a woman who was not his wife. Oh, oh, right. Cause he's married. And yeah. So if you were thinking, like, well, he's a serial, or well, he wants to be a serial killer, but maybe he's a good husband. Like, maybe that's like, no. He just fucking sucks all around. So they searched his Facebook and discovered his obsession with Dexter. He would even refer to himself as Dexter in post. I bet he wasn't even hot enough to be Dexter. Oh, definitely not. He's not. I'm looking him up right now and I'm going (laughs) to tell you. Okay. Mark Twitchell. Oh, God, no. Mm -mm. No. No, Michael C. Hall is a beautiful man. And you know what else he has an... He has a wonderful voice. Like, not like singing. Like, I literally just like to hear him talk, which I I realize is kind of a weird thing to say, but he does a lot of voiceover commercials. And so someone else must like his voice, too. There you go. A beautiful voice. A man with the voice of velvet who isn't a killer. Yeah, not in real life. So when he was on trial in 2011, he changed his story because he fucking had to. Like, obviously, he couldn't keep saying he didn't know someone when he had his DNA in his car. And it was also, they found clothes that had the DNA. So then he says that he lured Altinger to the garage so he could tell him it was a big joke. And then I guess Altinger would be mad about it, would go home, write about it on the internet, and then that would somehow create buzz for his short film. Right. None of that makes any sense. Listen, listen, guys. I was robbing the bank to help you reorganize your money. I was going (laughs) to take the money and a gun hold up at your bank so that I could organize it at home and return it 
at a later date into my account, which would help everyone. Flawless logic. Thank you. He said that Altinger was not amused that Jen was not real and the pair got into a fight. And I mean, that that part makes sense because when initially when I was reading about his plan, I was like, you're just going to get your ass beat. Although admittedly, I have been watching a lot of Jersey Shore. Ooh, it is so addictive. They have so much drama as adults. Wow. Ron is a mess. I learned that in Brazil, they have a version called Alcapoco Shore. Oh my God. That's and so cool. I, it's on my list of things to watch because I'm in a, a Brazilian Portuguese class and we have to watch like one show without English subtitles. Oh shit. Yeah. So I think I'm going to do Alcapoco show. Oh, you, de- you should. That's amazing. Oh my God. You have to tell me all about it. I will. Okay. Oh, right. Because initially I, I, I wrote in here, I was like, that makes sense because I've seen catfish and that gets violent. So he says what happens is, you know, Altinger comes at him. So he grabs the pipe and smashes it over his forehead in self-defense. But then he also stabbed him multiple times. Also in self-defense? I was just defending myself. I severed his head and used his used his upside down severed head as a popcorn bowl, but it was all just self-defense. Yeah, it makes me think of the jinx because it's like he he won that case because his lawyer what like was made the jerk. He was like, you cannot think about why like you cannot think about what happens after you're only thinking of whether or not it was in self-defense, but like the head was missing. So you couldn't see if there was a bullet in it or not. And I feel like someone who killed someone in self-defense, like if I had to kill someone in self-defense, I would not do anything to the remains. I would call the police. Yeah. Anyway, the prosecution was like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) They were like, they refuted the claim He had filmed a movie weeks beforehand. This is House of Cards. It was the exact same situation. There was DNA in his car. There was DNA on his clothing. The jury still somehow deliberated for five hours, but then they found Mark Twitchell guilty of first-degree murder, which carries an automatic life sentence without parole for a minimum of 25 years. Yes. Go directly to jail. Do not collect $200. Do not pass go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Give up your properties on Atlanta. Don't get a dog. Yeah. I was just watching Bridesmaids. (laughs) Oh, and no. No dog. (laughs) So when the author of the books that inspired the Dexter TV series caught wind of this, he said, reading Dexter will not make you a killer if you are not already capable of killing another human being in a cold, cruel, deliberate way. No book ever written will make you capable of doing so. There are no magic words that will turn you into a psychopath. No, no magic words. I wish I was a psychopath every day. I feel too much. I'm the opposite (laughs) of a psychopath. I'm like, I need to be like, I would love to be just like slightly more cold. Or is that a sociopath? What? Is lack of empathy sociopath? Yeah, that's sociopath. But I'm just saying for... Yeah, we're both cancers, as you probably know, because we talk about it all the time. But we're both very, very emotional. Very emotional. Go to therapy. If you have a baby, have them, like, I don't know, in the fall or whatever. 
<laughs> Michael C. Hall was asked about the crimes, and he's this is the guy who plays Dexter, and he said, I don't think, referring to the show, he said, I don't think it is a primer on serial killing or that it advocates that you do that. I would hope that people's appreciation was more than some sort of fetish- fetishization with the kill scenes. Mm. I thought you meant like kill scene and I was like oh man there's a kill scene oh kill when I say kill scenes I mean so if you ever watched Dexter he had like a like a kill room because Mm -hmm. because he like he had this code and the whole like he couldn't he wasn't supposed to get caught Mm -hmm. and so he would cover he would have an area that no one would interrupt him at he would cover the whole area in like plastic and the table like everything was plastic and he always wore like the same outfit so when that's what I mean when we say kill scenes, it's ah. physically related to Dexter. Got it. Yeah. So basically what Michael C. Hall is saying, like, I would hope, cause like I loved the show because I love Michael C. Hall. I, I had watched, uh, um, fuck, what is that? The funeral show, um, six feet under. And mm-hmm. I loved that show. And he was on that as well. But so I love Michael C. Hall. I love it's it's like so he's a blood spatter analyst, and so he works at Miami PD. I don't know. Mm. Um, but and his sister is a detective, and so it's just like like every season they're like solve trying to solve crimes, and then there's just like subplot or the other half of the plot, which is that Dexter, ironically, like while he's helping solve crimes, he's committing his own. But it's all vigilante. I don't know. It's interesting. Personally, basically what Dexter is saying is like he definitely like because I mean they do show I feel like it's not gratuitous, but it's also been a very long time since I watched the show. But like he doesn't like do a bunch of crazy shit like he stabs them like he just like he just I don't know, I guess because certain killers, you know, like the act of killing certain killers like the aftermath like there's a lot of weird shit but Dexter seemed to just liking kind of putting out someone's light like taking you out basically. So it's not as, you know, gory as it could be, but like, it definitely does not seem like it's advocating anything. Like this is someone who liked the show because he liked that the perspective was from someone who kills. He erased all of the good stuff and was just like, this is great validation about me wanting to kill. Word. Um, And fun facts. And by fun fact, I mean, this is fucking awful and makes me hate everything. Twitchell is now on a dating app for inmates called Canadian Inmate Connect. I love how there's a dating app for everyone. There's farmers only. There's like maritime. There's like people who are maritime, like cruise ship. There's also... There's also prison dating websites. There's, if you, you are in this world, there is someone out there for you, whether you're a serial killer, a farmer, some girl in Minnesota who likes embroidery or a furry who likes to dress up as a fox. (laughs) Actually, I joined this app called Kindra that's supposed to be like, it's, it's kind of like more like, what is that phrase? Um organic no <laughs> deep uh, what is uh, like it's kind of like a phrase and you say it to describe like spiritual people or like witchy people um that sounds horrible you're gonna meet the worst people on that app well it's not the right words it's like kindred spirits i think but it was just like saying that it could be like different people like maybe because like i just don't think i could ever date like an accountant you know yeah. um but i haven't found anyone everyone is like there's, I feel like there's probably not a lot of people on it. And the ones who are on it, I am not, not interested. 
yeah that's the problem with new dating apps there's there like dating people. apps that yeah that they're that they're good ideas but if they're not catching on I actually have had really good luck with Tinder in captivity. I matched with like, yeah, I matched with like, oh, like 80 people. Hmm. I updated my picks. I updated my picks because I hadn't updated my picks in a year. And that was when I was first single. And I was like, I need new picks. And man, those new picks, bam, bam, bam. Like, 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 like. You got a new, you got a new match, 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 message, message, message. And I'm like, yes, I am fresh. I am forward. I am this. So it's well, good time. Well, let's hope that, oh my God. Okay. Well, let's hope that Twitchell is not having the same experience um, <laughs> because fuck you, you know what? I bet because people are insane, I bet he has more matches than I Yeah, do. it seems like that. Every time we cover, like, a bullshit, like, fucked up case, there's always a ton of, like, they fucking always get married in prison. Like, that's why? Because, Who are you people? Why are you marrying serial killers in prison? Stop doing this. That's because people, it's the same, I think we've spoken about this before, but it's the parasocial relationship. Parasocial relationship is why we feel an affinity towards certain celebrities that we'll never meet or have never really met or will never know truly. It's like why you thirst after someone on Instagram without ever actually knowing who they are. So the parasocial relationship, if, if someone has information out there to know a person, you feel connected to them, right? So there's information about this person's perce- persona, their life their trials and tribulations that are already out there to consume. So now you know this person, right? So that that's where I feel like the psychological aspect of these, you know, it is a sad situation. It is fucked up. But you can see from that perspective that these women or men or whoever are falling in love with these people because the media is their dating profile. You know what I mean? So they, they know who this person is and they feel connected to them in some way, in yeah. a way that even someone, and, someone, yeah, even though they know them better than someone random at a bar or on a dating app, there's more information. So they feel closer to this person than they would otherwise. And some people with misguided or, you know, whatever machinations in their brain are going to feel that they know this person or that they can save this person or that they have a special connection because that information is all out there on their life, their family, their history, their crime. It's all out there. Whether or not it's the safe thing, whether or not it's the right thing, it doesn't matter. Information means feeling closer. Well, it's the same in one sense, but the way that it's different is, well, first of all, the way that it's different is one, I would never... Like, yeah, I feel, I definitely like, am like, I love celebrities. That's my job. Yeah. I was very, I was concerned when Tom Hanks was diagnosed with coronavirus. I don't know him. I've never met him, but I also understand that I don't actually know him, you know? And like, so that's one part. So obviously that's some kind of n- not being able to process kind of, you know, reality versus fantasy. But then yeah. also the fact that it's one thing to like stalk Channing Tatum's Instagram and be like, he's a great guy. I like him. And it's another to be like, oh, he brutally murdered 30 women. I want to marry him. <laughs> you know, well, of course. No, obviously. A sane, a sane with it person is not going to do that. That's the point. 
to have information makes you feel closer to somebody than you would otherwise. And that's the connection, not whether it's right or wrong. That's the psychological workings. If you're trying to understand why these people are doing this. I feel like it's part of it. Well, not, not the whole thing, but yeah. it's definitely, definitely. Was I just definitely that went point. off right now. Yeah. I got a new match. Congrats. Thanks. So the last thing I had was uh, some information from his bio. Okay. What's his bio? He says, I'm looking for an interesting, intelligent, open-minded, delightfully imperfect woman to relate to and share amusing observations with, as well as potentially a long weekend every few months if it gets there naturally. Conjugal visits. Well, this is, and this is in Canada, so, or not Canada. Wait, is this in Canada? Or the yeah, Edmonton. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so, yeah, there's. I'm sure their system is a little differently or a little different. I know some places you can like have like day trips and shit. That's nice. Well, if you're reading, if you're reading this podcast, if you (laughs) are listening, watching or reading this podcast, just saying, I don't know how your mind consumes media, whichever way you're consuming this. What are you just saying? (laughs) I am saying that you do not go on canadianinmate.com and contact this man. Yeah, I would say that's not a good idea. Don't do it. It's another thing that you think you don't have to say, but I'm just putting it out there. There could be one listener who's like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> when, I, I, when I was 21, I took the wrong lessons from every... I, like. I, I remember, I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the opposite. This is what I learned. And you're like, no, Helene, that's not. I remember one day, and we can cut this, I don't care. But I remember we were all in LA and we were in Santa Monica. And like, you guys were, there was like, there were some guys who were like trying to talk to us. And then they wanted us to like go somewhere. And I was like, yeah, let's not do that. And then like, we didn't. But then later you said that if this had been you guys a few years ago, would have abandoned me without even thinking about it oh yeah absolutely we would have abandoned you we would have gone back to those guys place we would have done drugs and had sex and then um like gotten lost and you would have been worried and then and um, I was so upset and you guys were like what we're being honest and I was like but that's awful (laughs) that's terrible which is why I don't do that anymore Uh, um, that's, I mean, really the only, literally the last thing I have written in my notes is our listeners better not go find him. Hey, <laughs> we, great minds think alike. Think alike. Yep. They sure do. Also, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh no. No. Oh, thanks. Thanks Chile. And thanks Slovakia for listening to us so much. Yes. Via Spotify. Via Spotify. We're on Spotify, other things, Apple, your mom's book club, (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, high crime pod, carrier pigeon. (laughs) We've been over this. Uh, Parrot. Oh, also just another. Oh my God. To recite every podcast. We send them out. And they fly and they land on your front door and they recite the podcast to you. What? (laughs) I think we should just stick with distributing them as normal. We hired town criers to scream our podcast in newsboy caps. Social distancing. Old New York York accent. 
This is bef- this is after coronavirus ends. Oh, okay. okay. I I'm is so. Gonna, is it gonna ever end? I mean, don't say it's not gonna end because we have lives to live. I I mean, I know we're turning thirty. It, it has to end because we're turning thirty. You know how you know how how painful it is. I was hitting. We were all hitting a stride. I was I feeling good. I was like singling and mingling in New York City. I was going on dates. I had. I have someone who's in love with me and it's like, oh, now I can't do anything and I just have to like sit alone in my room. Yep. It sucks. Yeah. So we're going to try to keep putting stuff out as long as we're not super depressed because obviously people have a lot of time on their hands to listen now. If you are sitting around bored, a really great thing to do is rate and review high crime. Give us five stars, tell your friends to do the same, and then we'll be even more able to bring you great episodes. Feed us and tell us we're pretty. Yes. Say how beautiful and mellifluous our voices are, (laughs) specifically mine. Tell everyone how beautiful Kayla and I are, um, that we are angels sent from above, and you give us, you would give us a hundred stars if Apple would let you. Oh. Yeah. Clearly, we are on another level because this is quarantine day, question mark. We are on another level, stuck in our homes with I'll only our dogs timeline. to talk to. Our dogs don't <laughs> speak, and we eat all the snacks. And we all want to die, but we won't kill ourselves because there's more podcasts to make. Yep. I keep making up songs. I wrote a rap about Alex Trebek. (laughs) That's so random. No. I'm going to remix the Jeopardy theme song and I have the lyrics already. Nice. I used to I used to be really good at I mean I probably am still good at it I don't know about um like doing song parodies cuz in Girl Scouts we would do at our little like cookie shows we would do um like everybody could do a skit at what is that the I can't remember what it's called but so we would rewrite I remember we we rewrote the lyrics to man I feel like a woman to be man I feel like a girl scout and my favorite one that randomly gets stuck in my head is the we rewrote the lyrics to Mambo Number no. Five to be about cookie season? <gasps> you know what's really sad? I downloaded the Cookie Finder app beforehand, before all this Corona stuff, and I haven't been able to use it to find where they're selling cookies. Um, so someone posted in Slack yesterday about so you can still if you there's like a website mm-hmm. and I can send it to you where you can find who is like shipping cookies. And so you can <sighs> order cookies and they can have them shipped right to you. And you better believe I fucking bought three boxes of peanut butter patties. Nice. I'm can I tell so you a, excited. Can I tell you a joke? Yeah. What does a Caribbean dance hall and double jeopardy have in common? What? Oh my God. Who are you? (laughs) Oh man. It just feels so weird. I like it's Friday and I'm happy it's Friday because like I'm still working during the week, but like it doesn't feel like Friday. Like, I don't know. Time, time isn't real. Time goes by. Time is an illusion. Like the, like the, uh, Smith children said. Time is an illusion. Oh, Pocus. 
you've awakened at the end of our episode. Later, buds. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye.